This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, What's going on? I got a little book coming out, March 14th, called Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg. One Comedian's Tour of Not the Biggest Cities in the World. I think that's the title. And uh comes out March 14th. If you go to my website, you can find all the information, toddberry.com. You can pre-order it if you like. I'm doing some shows to promote, sell the book, and also just to do comedy to prepare for a special I'm doing. March 16th, I'm actually hosting a show at the Bell House with um, a whole bunch of people. It's like a book event situation with John Hodgman, Janine Garofalo... Who else is on that? I'm looking as we speak. Joel Kim Booster, Sam Morell, and a special guest who is going to be unadvertised. But check that out. Then I'll be doing headlining shows March 24th and 25th at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont. The Relapse Theater in Atlanta on March 31st and April 1st. The Punchline in Philadelphia, April 6th through 8th. April 20th, I'll be in the Tiger Room in Fort Wayne, Indiana, April 22nd, Indianapolis at White Rabbit Cabaret. And I'll have other dates that I'll be adding soon. Check that out. Todd Berry Podcast t-shirts. Go to toddberry.com slash shirt. I think that's what it is, right? Let's look right now. I'm going to look right now and waste your time so I can really hit this, uh, this shirt plug. Let's see if it's just shirt. Come on, man. Yeah, it is. Toddberry.com forward slash shirt. If you want to buy a Toddberry podcast t-shirt. And uh, Dave Juskow is the guest today. And he's, it's, he's a guy everyone's known in the New York comedy scene for a long time. He's a character. I mean, not in a good way. He's got stories. He's kind of does things a little differently than a lot of people do. And, uh... It's a good, he's an interesting guy. He's got some stories and, uh, yeah. And don't forget Feral Audio. They bring you this podcast. So go to feralaudio.com for this and other podcasts. I think that's it. Here's Dave Juskow. Okay, Dave, you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I might have to yell at you in a couple minutes. Is that cool if I yell at you on the air? I have no problems with that. <laughs> I've never yelled at a guest, hey, but we'll uh-huh, get past uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. We'll get past it. <laughs> uh, Dave is finding little scraps of clothing around hey. my apartment. Now, Dave. Yes. <laughs> the thing we did the other night. Well, tell tell people what we did. The Godfather. The Godfather. What a, is what a is reading that? of the Godfather at the Village Underground? Just uh, episode four. What does that mean, episode four? It means that I've been taking the Godfather Part One. And stretching it out into five different episodes. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I've already done it three other times. So it's like an ex- like if it's an extension, like a sequel. No, it's um, it's taking me that long to tell the story because I want to go through, you know, with the Godfather and their fans. I want to go through like they're so adamant about hitting every line. I I thought it would take too long. You know, the movie is like three and a half hours long, so I do, I don't want to make the show that long. Right. So you. You kind of just rewrote The Godfather. I rewrote The Godfather. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel it wasn't written correct. <laughs> no, I just rewrote it because um, it's good to make it fun and funny or whatever the people thought. And you had me play the part of Carlo. Yeah. Which and, you did an amazing job. I did. And here's where I yell at you. Okay. Why did you make me come to a rehearsal for that? <laughs> It was reading out loud a script. I'm going to tell you something right now. Oh, shit, you're going to yell back. No, 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 I'm not at all. It's funny that you should mention that. <laughs> it's funny that you... S- you're a very good actor. Yeah. And I noticed that even more so, and I told you after The Wrestler, 
How wonderful I thought you were. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm, I'm actually, this is something I noticed on Tuesday when we did the show. Is that I was watch, when I was off stage, and I was watching you do it. I'm like, boy, he's really good. He knows how to read Exhibit A. But there's something about you, even though you're kind of playing a character of yourself in a way. Uh huh. There's something about you where you can tell you have acting experience, and the other comics are idiots. And they not only can't they read off a piece of paper, but I don't think they've ever acted in their life. And I think that is the difference. And that's why I said if I had known and I guess maybe I should have known. But if I had known you were that talented in the sense of being, I don't know, like I get really upset that they can't read or they haven't practiced and they just don't do it as smoothly as you. It was very clear that you knew how to do it properly. You read the dialogue the right way you you enunciated the other people don't know how to do it so i'm sorry there, I, that's all that's the for. only reason because everyone else needs practice because you were like yeah there's, this there's cues and stuff and i was like i didn't need to know about those cues they didn't have no you part. didn't i guess and i apologize keep but apologizing it's like more like um I do it for everybody else who doesn't seem to, you know, for the people that you're working with. Like, for instance, you were working with Bethel uh, yeah. Karam, who's was, an actress. Right. She wouldn't understand being an actress, actress, not a comedian, an actress, not working with the person she's supposed to be working with. I think it would make her nervous. Oh, really? So... I apologize because no, I know you had not. the you did your show the night after. That's and I know right. you were preparing. It's all right. I didn't. I never want to waste anybody's time. Uh, for me, I would like to. I would like to practice for like a week before. You know, I get could have really walked in tight. at eight twenty nine. Yes, you could have and done the exact same job. You could have, but most of the people I use cannot. All right. No more apologies. We'll move on. No, I didn't want to apologize. I just wanted to tell you how really good your <laughs> acting was. It's just something I noticed and I wanted to tell you. How? Um, Even if we didn't do you. this, I was going to tell you. It's, uh, But I didn't think you would listen. If we just said it on the phone, you'd probably think I was joking or something. How um, How long does it take you to write one of these scripts? Because I was reading it and I go, man, he's fucking putting a lot of work into something that's one night only. Yeah, I know. This one took me a long time because I don't know why. I think... This one was difficult because it's only walking the countryside of Italy, so there wasn't a lot of dialogue. I had to add it all uh -huh. in. So this one took me much longer, but mostly they take me about like a month. I really breeze through it because yeah. I guess I have all the ideas in my head already. But this one took a long time also because Susie Essman was supposed to play Apollonia instead of Rachel Feinstein. Uh -huh. um, and then she told me after I had written it already that she couldn't do it, so I had to rewrite it. So it took a little longer. Because it's a lot of work, and it's it's just that's it. We're done with that. Like, yeah. Then we go to the next one on May 9th. Oh my God! So you write, you spend a month writing something that maybe it's kind of a waste of time. It was like yeah. 200 people maybe were there. Uh, yep. <laughs> I played on my podcast. That's about it. Though. Oh, you did. Oh, you recorded it. Yeah, I always. I mean, I recorded video and audio. That was videoed. Oh. Well, whatever they have there, okay. their system. What's your podcast? Oh, it's. Uh, Nobody listens, you know, it's just, it's just the Dave Jessica podcast, but I, I love, I've always liked radio. I always wanted to be a DJ. Uh -huh. So I just love talking and I love, I just love doing a podcast. I don't care whether people listen or not. And what I talk about is like, nobody will ever listen to it because I talk about, you know, the stuff I was talking on stage, like $6 million man, uh -huh. Mannix, the death of Mike Connors last week. I'm like, listen, there's a big thing. Mike happened. Connors died. Yeah, it was Mannix, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I forgot. About but I Mannix. talk about how like how important Mannix was to me because all the things I've done, like all the little TV shows that I've done, like that cooking show and all that kind of stuff. Right. I've always the openings have always been. I've always tried to emulate the opening from Mannix, the TV show Mannix. The um, <laughs> that's I was gonna say because the people who know what who Mannix, what Mannix was, are probably not listening to don't know what a podcast no. is. yeah, exactly. But uh, Mannix, no, know. he was a detective, right? Yeah, he was a detective who could always talk himself out of uh, you know a situation. <laughs> wow, you know that's it. He was like one of the first private eye, you know, before they started. Remember, um, look well. The, no. the Adam West and Conan O'Brien, Bob Smigel parody of those. No, I didn't. I don't know that. I feel bad. Oh, my. That was like one of the greatest ones. It's on YouTube. It's called Look Well. It's uh, Adam West stars in it. And it was done by Conan O'Brien and Bob Smigel and produced by Lorne Michaels. And it was a pilot and it never went to series. And it was absolutely brilliant. And it was a takeoff on all the a guy who had had a show called Bannigan 
for three years, <laughs> and everybody's like, Brannigan? No, that was Hugh O'Brien. I was Bannigan. Oh, you mean Bannigan? He goes, no, no, that was George Brapard. I was because they all had the same names, right. and they all just it was the same premise. So it was uh, Adam West. He was so good, so good that I asked both not Conan but uh, Jonathan Groff. Right. Um, the writer, comedian, Jonathan The writer, Groff. comedian, not the one from Hamilton. Not the Hamilton, Jonathan uh, Groff. Although I always do think, since I haven't seen Jonathan Groff in many years. Right. That, that maybe he's maybe, become a Broadway star. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I always, I asked him, "Is does Adam West know what he's doing? Does he know what he's, and he's like, no, he has no idea what's happening. He has no idea. And then I asked Smigel when we were doing TV fun I'm like, does Adam West know? And he goes, yeah, he gets it. So I'm still at square one. Ah. I got different opinions. Yeah, because sometimes I think it, it does. Like, if you get someone who does doesn't get comedy and just have them play it straight in a comedy thing, sometimes it works. It, yeah, yeah, like, but I think at this point Adam West gets it. Like he's on Family Guy and stuff. I right. I, I mean, think, it is a little. It's still insulting to say that he must not like he's this dumb guy or something. Yeah, but well, remember there was no reason not to think he was dumb. He was very angry. He didn't get asked to play Batman when Michael Keaton was playing. Oh yeah, he did. Very angry. Yeah, and you and I both know what is he an idiot? Like why would anyone ask him? It right. was a parody, you know. <laughs> but he was insulted. So I wonder that, how if it would have done well. I guess now, not without a movie star. No, it couldn't have done well because the, people would have thought it was a parody. And he's not a good enough actor. He didn't do anything else to let us know that he could have done it straight. Yeah, how's that guy? So does he do like autograph shows? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's on Family Guy all the time. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, so he definitely does all that, and I guess that's all he does now. But he still does yeah autograph stuff. He's on TV once in a while. But he's old. I, you know? Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched Family Guy. Oh, really? I thought maybe your voice was on it already. No. Oh wow! That no, I haven't done Family oh. Guy. I would do it right with this great <laughs> voice, people. Well, I would put you on. How many? Uh, how many times have you seen The Godfather? Oh, many. You know, I mean, hundreds of times. And Godfather 2. I've never seen Godfather 2. Really? It's, it's great, you know, right? A lot of people say it's arguably better than Godfather 1, but and I get exactly what they're saying, and it's completely worthy of Best Picture. It's the only Best Picture to win, you know, a sequel. Right. But um, I like Godfather 1 better. I like the whole telling of the story. I like Brando and everything. But the way Godfather 2 is put together is amazing. That's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, I've never seen De Niro's it. De Niro's amazing in it keep forgetting he's in it sometimes really i keep forgetting that he was around then too you know because he was a movie star more in like the in the 90s you know like with goodfellas and stuff and yeah he sort of shifted gears a little bit yeah yeah with these comedies well that's well this is a bad shifting of gears have you met him before no have you he's been at the cellar i know I did a show, a benefit once, where he was in the audience, but I didn't realize till after I went on that it was him. But I did see a guy in the crowd who was like, "Ooh, that guy's got to be someone." Just the vibe, really. And then I realized it was De Niro with a hat on and glasses. He's like not cool, right? I mean, like when you meet, like I mean, he's like I, heard I think he's, he's very shy. Shy, yeah. yeah I don't think he's so weird. Yeah, I don't think he's like a tough guy. Like his, you know, I think he's kind of a quiet, shy guy, like me. Well, that's true. How much? Uh, how much TV a day? Oh, <laughs> is this an annoying question? Mention, you know, I have a regular job, right? So right. I actually, the past year, I set my alarm an hour earlier so I can watch an additional hour of television before I go to work. Seriously? I swear to God. I realized, I'm like, you know what I need to do? I need to set, I need to wake up earlier so I can watch more TV. So you wake up and watch TV? Yeah. What do you watch? Like when you, is there a specific thing? I usually watch, it depends on the day. I'll watch, you know, I, ta I still taped stuff off the TV. So I'll watch The Flash. Or Supergirl or something before I go to work. I don't even know what those shows are. I mean, I can imagine like what they WB are. WB or CW Network or something. So you'll wake up and watch an entire hour episode of a show? Like, yeah. Like half awake? Yeah, I'll watch, a ha I'll watch a whole hour episode and then I'll have coffee and read the paper. And then I go to work. It's changed my life around, really, uh, instead of just waking up and going to work. So you think it's a good thing? Yeah, I think so. You've been working at the what, like a law firm. This will be in August. Yeah, that'll be my seventeenth year. Holy shit! And this is that's only that firm. You know, since I've known you, I've always had a job. You know, I don't know why. This one's an easy one though. This really? one's a good one to work. What exactly at. do you? Are you a paralegal? Yeah, but I also do filings for the Securities and Exchange Commission, which I know it doesn't make any. What sense. does that even mean? Like, I mean, I, I um do files when there's uh, stocks um, that are traded during the day and also mo mostly for quarterly filings to, you know, show what stocks are, 
happening or what they've traded over the quarter. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't, you know, obviously if I knew more myself, I'd probably just go into that, you know, <laughs> into that field. But, uh, I don't know. They need me at my job four times a year in the quarters. And otherwise I really don't do anything except write those scripts. Oh, really? You could do that at work. I totally do it at work. If I couldn't do it at work, I probably wouldn't do it. And they don't care. No, not I only do they care. They don't know, I don't think. And most of the people come to the show. So, right. Yeah. They, they don't care at all. As long as I'm there four times, those four times of the year, one of them was Valentine's day. You know, I, I don't think they really care. So are there days you don't even go into work? No, I go in every day. I go in at two o'clock on Mondays. <laughs> really? Um, and then Wednesday through Friday, I have regular hours, like 10 to 6. Damn. It's weird, but it's good and it's easy. But then also the HR lady tried to kill me during the office Christmas party. You must know that story. I just assume maybe Sarah told you or something. No. Yeah, I guess I got under her skin so much that um, she tried to kill me. She was drunk and she tried to strangle me. And then she got fired, which is funny because she strangled you the hr person <laughs> yeah she broke a blood vessel in my eye why did she strangle you i guess i i guess i i'm annoying you know yeah you are annoying <laughs> but i mean I, i've never actually well i guess i've probably thought about it sure everybody has i mean nobody was surprised <laughs> you know they just couldn't believe because it was the hr person People so did like, they fire her you should go tell the hr person I'm like you're not understanding the story and this was at a party you said at the christmas party the firm Christmas. So party. she did this in front of witnesses. Yes, thank and she God. got fired. Thank God, because if there were no witnesses, it would have been like the Breakfast Club, you know, where the principal brings Jeff Bender into the thing. Like, who's going to believe you? Are they going to believe a punk like you? Or you know, thank God. Yeah, there were, if there weren't witnesses, I love that you use the Breakfast Club as a reference. Like, <laughs> I would remember that. I go, oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, she started whispering. She was kind of sexy. I, first, she filed a sexual harassment suit because she was. I kind of liked her, you know. Yeah. And um, the managing partner. Uh, Thought it was stupid too that he filed a sexual harassment suit, but he called me his office and he goes, um, "Listen, uh, this girl was giving me a blowjob one day. Like that's how he started. The, he said, close the door. He says, this girl was giving me a blowjob. This was before I was married. Before I was married, and he told me the story. And he goes, oh, by the way, um, Susie's uh, firing a sexual harassment charge. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why'd you open with that story? He's like, eh, I feel bad. I don't know. Like, I guess he didn't want to seem uncool in front of right. me. Like he's he's showing you that he. I know, he's a but, he's, but then he person. has to be mean, you know, because I know he likes me, you know, but, and I also know, I think he, she knows she was crazy. And the reason why it was filed was we were on the elevator together and I'm, and I was doing a character. I was like, I was like doing like Damone from Fast Times at Richmond. Uh -huh. I'm like, hey, where you live up on the Upper West Side, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, this weekend, I'm going to ride my bike around your house. If you come outside, we'll have a conversation. You know, that's what I said. Uh -huh. It's the stupidest thing of all time. And she was so upset. She went to like the other secretary. So she didn't realize you were doing a character from Fast Times at Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> at eight thirty in the morning not. on an What's elevator. What's the matter with her? <laughs> yeah, but uh -huh. even that voice is just stupid. You know, I mean, she, the other she goes to the secretaries and she's like, "He's gonna come by and ride his bike around my house." And they're nice. like, first of all, he's done that to all of us." Second of all, he doesn't even have a bike. What's the matter with you? Did you ever explain to her? No, I was just making a joke yeah. like, from Fast Times. She was time. crazy. She, people think she really was like liked me or something. But did she get fired? Yes. Wow. Well, she she did strangle me. you. Yeah. <laughs> after you, then she tried to throw a drink in my face. But uh, really, somebody finally stopped her. There was a, she was whispering all this stuff in my ear. I fucking hate. Can I curse? Yeah, you can Sorry. curse. I fucking hate you. I'm going to fuck you up. You think you're so fucking funny. You think you're so great. I'm going to fuck you. It was so hot. Yeah. But if this other paralegal wasn't sitting right next to him, I'm like, please tell me you heard that. She goes, I did hear that. Uh, nobody would have ever believed me. She's like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking ugly face. She was so close to saying your Jew face. You know, that's yeah. what you wanted to say. But. Where is she now? I know she moved to, because I follow her, because, you know. Well, don't give her name out or No, no, I wouldn't. But I know she was working at Juicy Couture for uh -huh. a while, but now I don't know where she works. Uh -huh. That's where she was working. That's pretty cool that you can get a job after being fired mm. for assaulting someone. Exactly. I, I don't was, mean it's I don't know I'm being how... ironic when I say it's no. pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's odd. In this day and age, it's odd to be able to, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but maybe she was like, no, you don't understand. This guy had it coming. And maybe they were like, is it Dave Juskow? Oh, we totally get it. <laughs> he was doing fast times at Richmond. Huh? So he does, yeah, that guy's crazy. He does things out of context and expects people to understand that he's doing do. a scene from a movie. But that's, but that's what was so good about Tuesday night. in the morning. <laughs> in an office on an elevator. Do you... Um,
That's what's so good about what? Tuesday night, because I put in all the Fast Times lines. I put in Easy yeah, Money references. Did. I put in Devil Wears Prada references. And the crowd seems to get it. You, you were there. They, they yeah, seem that crowd to was like into it. it. It's, a, it's a hot crowd. <laughs> Are they your crowd? I guess. You know, I guess they're people that know The Godfather really well. Certainly, there's a lot of friends in there, but I'd say about 12 friends there. And we sold out. We did? That was sold out? Yeah. Oh. What, uh... What's a paralegal? Plus, let alone also, um, you know, Gnome is the owner of the club, yeah. plays the... Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's our band. You got so many people on board. I was looking around and go, how does... Because it's inspirational. Go, this is like an annoying thing to do, but he's got 15 people. He got <laughs> yeah. dragged 15 people it's who spent nice. eight hours of their life to fucking do this thing. I know. I do feel bad that nah, nobody I'll gets paid. I'm just looking for another apology. But the, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's true. I feel... That's why... You know, I try and give at least 20 bucks, but only because Tom Papa did that. And I'm like, that's a nice gesture. Right. You could be even nicer and get more than 20 bucks. I know. But then, you know, there's there's a lot of people in that show. (laughs) For the Christmas Carol, I gave 30 (laughs) because it was Christmas. Well, you you shortchanged me, man. You should have got me on the Christmas show. What is a paralegal? I've asked people. This is boring. This will be a boring question, but maybe. It's not boring. It's Uh, it's just somebody that does, does the grunt legal work. That you know, you look up stuff and you know work with the Lexus Nexus program and oh, man. stuff. It's stupid. Lexus Nexus. <laughs> that's like I, I remember that was like the the early days of googling yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like that's someone right. told me. I don't remember how I found out how you can use this thing, it, Lexus Nexus. It was or, almost one of the first internet things that has all legal knowledge and. But I yeah. think I went. I think I went to the public library. This is, I think, pre owning a laptop and went on LexisNexis. You're right. A lot and of looked up my own name it. to find reviews and shit. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It was one of the first electronic systems to, you know, find information. Right. Way before firms couldn't even have it in their office. Do you think uh, you'll be working at this job for a while? I don't think I'm ever going to leave. I okay. took a sabbatical about two years ago. Uh, to I took six weeks off to see, to kind of find myself. What did you do? In, oh, let's talk about this. Well, I didn't know you took a sabbatical. You don't seem like a find yourself person. I'm not. That's what I realized. If I don't have a job, I'll probably die. If I don't have a place to go in the morning, if I don't have a reason to get up, I won't get up. I'll die. Okay. That's what I realized. What did you do on your sabbatical? I did nothing. That was the problem. I don't, I thought I... I tried to set stuff up, but, you know, it was bad weather. There was um, people weren't around. I was trying, you know, you know what happened is, uh, you know, everybody's old and they left town and they all got married and grew up and there's really nobody to hang out with during the day anymore. It is weird. I don't really hang out much during the day with my peers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't like say, I'm going to go to a, a, go to Mexico or. No, I can't travel. I'm not like that. I just wanted to hang around and see and do some writing and stuff. And it's weird. I just. uh, You probably went crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was the only thing I was doing my podcast at uh, Stand Up New York. Uh So I was kind of like concentrating on doing that. And then I got fired from there. So (laughs) you got fired from a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. That didn't pay you. Yeah. But I continue it now, even though it's on there. Network, I guess. Why did they fire you? Sorry. This um, is the- I just, I don't think I had enough listeners. No. It was okay. Well, then what's funny is, do you know that guy, Jonathan Fatigate over there? He's with the stand-up labs. I probably, I probably met him and don't know his last name. Well, he was kind enough to at least let me keep the site so I can still be on SoundCloud. Um, and then I said, hey, I'm coming up on my 100th episode. Do you mind if I come back and use the studio again? And he's like, mm, I don't really want to help you because I heard that you uh, were kind of mean to me on your podcast after we parted ways. And I'm like, what? And then I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, I even wrote him back in. So I'm like, I'm sure what you're saying is correct. Uh, it sounds like something I would do. But, you know, when I, then I listened to it. I'm like, oh, I see what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I, I did, but I but I always liked you. I was just trying to be a tough guy on my podcast. Uh, You're shooting your mouth off. Yeah, I was shooting my mouth. That's off. what you should always say when you say some shit. I was just shooting my mouth off. Well, that's what I was doing. But. So the six weeks sabbatical didn't work. No, no, but it made me realize I can't leave that job, really? which is good, I guess. And you have a nice apartment, right? Yeah, like have, a, you've been there before. I've never been to your apartment. No, you have been there before. You came. Was that? I know you were at my old apartment. 
uh, on 29th Street. But I'm sure that we watched your first Conan appearance at my house. Oh, that's possible. It's so yeah. long ago. Because you were really nervous. And that's... we were so exciting. And we all went. We were all there watching. Oh. It was great. What? Uh... So, yeah, you were at that apartment. I've that's been there for 20 years. And you used to live on, because I remember there was this one bar you used to hang out in. Caliban, right. Caliban. Well, that was at the old place. Right. Yeah, 29. You kind of, you were like a... I was like a part owner at that point. Oh, were you really? After, afterwards, yeah. Um, that place was awesome, though. We don't have a bar like that anymore. Well, what was awesome? I mean, what was what don't they have anymore? Bars? <laughs> I think <laughs> no. there's bars all over this place. I guess just... You, you miss know what? it. You're probably right. It's it, probably it go out of business? old thing. It's, now it's called... It, it's... Not the same owners. Right. My, Vincent. Remember Vincent? Yeah. He sold it. Uh, now it's the Mad Hatter. Okay. It's still there on 26th. The bar is still there. That nice bar. It was a pleasant place to be. Nice people. Did, um... It was like cozy in there, right? It was all right. Yeah. I remember going there a couple of times. Yeah. Because I had to, because that's the only place you would meet up. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone had to go to your... Yeah, but that was a How perfect crazy place. crazy is that so long ago? That's man. all I ever wanted to be. It was like the Oscar Madison of, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Shit, we've known each other a long time. A long time. Since Were the we early meet through 90s. Sarah? We probably met. We, either way, if we didn't, we I don't think we did meet through Sarah. I'm going to say we would have had to have met either way, whether we knew Sarah or not. Yeah, well, eventually it would have happened. But I don't know when we first met, though. I can't remember when I met most of my friends. Like, I just know that at some point. It's like I remember meeting Sarah for the first time. I remember meeting Atel for the first oh, really? time. And everyone else is a little fuzzy. Are you still close with the tell? Yes. I hardly ever talk to him. Why would you? He doesn't talk to anybody. He's an idiot. I mean, that's that could be it. <laughs> not, not the idiot part, but the, he's, you know, he's a, he's a he's reserved, crazy. He's a reserved dude. Yeah. He's Mysterious. <laughs> the, uh, let's talk about your movie. I always want to talk Turbo about Turbocharge? Yes. The Cars movie? <laughs> do you want to tell people about it or do you want me to tell people about it? No, I, I I need to put it out. I still never. It's just hanging out in my apartment. I made a movie about the band, the Cars. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. He made it a, a, a biopic. Is that how you say it? Maybe I would call it a mockumentary. Mockumentary. You know, I guess. I guess because you know, okay, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. But it, everything was historically accurate. But you know, I played Rick Ocasek. I got fatter as it I went on, but that wasn't part of it. Like that wasn't supposed to be the gag. Um, I just ended up getting fatter. Because I I remember. You, what Here, is that? What is? Oh, that's the subway. Whoa! <laughs> that's I not, assumed that's not what it was, but yeah, then it went on like an, yeah. The I, fact that I'm not even being phased by it means it's, yeah, it's wow. not a very, uh, <laughs> Just in case that was something. Because I remember you saying you're making a movie about the cars. Like, are you serious? Yeah, and I did a part in it, right? That's I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You played the reporter, right? I played something in it. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. So that's what I thought. And then I went to, a, to you actually finished yeah. it. I went to a screening. It's like holy shit, this guy actually made a. Did any of the cars find out about it? Yeah, I believe Rick Ocasek has a copy because Evan Cutler, I don't know if you know him, he was working at NBC and he gave it to Paulina Periscova. Um, but I don't think they like it. I know I know Elliot Elliot Easton, the guitarist, he his brother came to the screening and he hated it and he stomped out. He was furious. The screening I was at or a different screen? The screening you were at. Yeah, How he walked you... out. He was so angry because we made his brother a buffoon. He became a bad stand up comic. He was so angry about it. What's that guy doing now? Not him, Nothing. but what's Elliot Easton doing now? <laughs> Nothing. What are they getting angry at us for? Because when I saw it, I was like, this is so, such a weird, th this seems like something bands would watch on their bus. It would be like his cult following. Well, that's what like, we Like sort of Spinal Tappy kind of, yeah. everyone's talking about. Well, because about. it's an interesting band to make a movie about because I came up with the idea in 1984. Five when Live Aid happened, yeah. the whole idea, I had it for so long in my head because of that last scene where they're at Live Aid and I was I loved the cars uh -huh. and I was waiting for them to come on and then they got, I think the word is usurped by Phil Collins. Do you remember he was performing on both coasts? Yeah, he flew like, took the Concorde. Right, so they were showing all this footage of him getting off the Concorde, telling the helicopter to... Uh, where was the in Philadelphia, right? Because yeah. he had to land at JFK, and then they cut the cars. Just were in a tiny box in the corner, and they just had big things of Phil Collins. So in the movie, we make it so they cut away while the cars are playing, and the gag is that the cars are gonna be like they were horrible in in live performances. They didn't move around. Yeah, they were sort of uh, not 
they were like tinny, you know, yeah. like robotic. Yeah. And so they're like, well, live age, we're going we're to show people. They took dance lessons. They did all oh, this wow. stuff. And then they get screwed by Phil Collins, who earlier in the film, they meet Phil Collins and he's evil. And he's like, you have to do anything you can to get by. You got to cut anybody, get rid of people that stand in your way. <laughs> like we made him evil. Who um, so who played Phil Collins? Some guy. I don't know him. Some kid who, who was, was in, in that movie. movie. Me? Who were the most, who were the famous people? Were you uh, Atel? Uh, John Benjamin. Um, was Sarah in it? No, Sarah was not in it. Of course, she, if she was in New York, she definitely. She was in. okay. She was not available to be in. Right. <laughs> she was available. Yeah, she was, <laughs> when she specifically canceled a trip right, to New York, right. so she wouldn't have to be asked uh, to be in it. Tom Shalhoub played Andy Warhol. <laughs> he was really good. Kevin Brennan. Oh my God. Uh, played uh, Alan Hunter. The, oh the yeah, first, the VJ. uh, VJs. Right? Where did you get the uh, Where'd you get the funding for this? I paid for it myself. Can I ask how much it cost? Yeah, it was about uh, like fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand. Twenty fifteen twenty. And then 000. I remember you had movie. You could, it was clear, basically for just for catering. Yeah, <laughs> you clearly couldn't get the rights to their music, so you got stuff that sounded. Well, I made my like, own. I made one of my own songs that sound like I made one that sounds like a car song. Yeah. And that's the one we played at Live Aid called How Did You Do It? <laughs> How did you do but it? But I remember it was like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. It had like that keyboard eat me. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, uh. And then the one, I was supposed to, I, was, I forgot I was going to talk about this on Tuesday. The one song I did use was Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank Stallone, had a song in that movie, Staying Alive. Uh-huh. I think the song is called Staying Alive. Or, no, it's called... Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's in that movie, Staying Alive, and we use that. And my friend Memo, who you know, yeah, <laughs> he's a you know an editor and a and a director, and he said you shouldn't use this song if we can't get the rights to it. I'm like, you don't worry about that. We'll edit it as if we got the. He's like, well, how are you going to get the rights? You don't. Don't you worry. <laughs> I just for some reason I had this plan that I was going to be able to get the rights, like so easy, uh-huh. and um, I did. Like they gave me the rights to that song for like a hundred dollars for like three years, and now I don't have it, but I could easily get it again. It's right, like, like it was so much for Frank. Like uh, we'll give you the rights for you could have for a hundred dollars for three years, um, but he needs to stay at your place if uh, you know if he's performing. Like, like I no, but I no, thought, like, like that's what it would be. Like because there's definitely songs where. Who's asking for those rights? You know, like what are they holding out for? Right, like it, it's it's just a hundred dollars in your pocket. Yeah, what were they? You know, what were they? You that was a song. Anything. I was just like, I refuse to believe that I have to pay more than a thousand dollars for the rights of this song. How did you find out how to even get the rights? Um, my friend Vera. Do you remember her at all? No. She used to. I met her at Catch a Rising Star a long time ago. She was at The Godfather. Um, she's been around for a long time. She is in the music industry and she showed me where to go to get it. So I had her in kind of my pocket where I knew I was going to be. Is that a thing we had this. to negotiate or do you just go, I want this song and they go, I just called them and I, you know, the negotiation was like, look, uh, I want to use that song for the Damone character. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, what do you say? A hundred bucks. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> That's great. So you made the offer of a hundred? No, no. They, I think, did I? No, I think I did. And then they were like, I'm really bad at that kind of stuff. Which Sounds is like you're good at it. But what you well, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm good and bad. Like, I'd be a good manager for people, uh-huh. but I'm bad with negotiating money. Like, for instance, Dr. Katz. Yeah. I t- They couldn't get the DVD rights to put it on DVD. So I said, I'm going to take care of this for you. I don't know why I got a feeling I can do this. Yeah. So I talked to Tom Snyder and I talked to Jonathan Katz and I said, give me all the information you have and I'm going to call. I'm going to take care of it. And I called Doug Herzog and he said, what do I need to do? I'm working with these guys to make sure we can get the rights and put this on DVD. And I called their legal department. And I had conversations with them and I worked it out. You did that? I did that. And then that idiot, Lou Viola. Lou Viola, right? That's yeah, his name. Yeah. This mother, you know, whatever, he apparently was Jonathan Katz's agent. And once I did it, he goes, all right, Dave, we appreciate your efforts. Uh, we're going to take it back now. And thank you so much. And then they kicked me out of the process. How did you? I was very upset about that. Because I remember there was day. a whole thing where like, we, for some reason, there's something, some legal thing why we can't. And I took care of that. Really? Yeah, really. I had no idea. And I don't even know that much. I just had, I just, for some reason, I just felt I knew I could do it. What was the reason that they couldn't get it done? 
there was a bunch of legal rights that um, no, nothing. I think people just didn't put it together. You know, I, I don't think they, Jonathan Katz, he's lazy, <laughs> you know, and they just I don't think they put they just didn't put the work in. And I said, I'll put the legwork in to piece it all together. I'll get all the components together and I'll take care of this because I don't do anything at my job. That's crazy. But then Lou Viola, what an asshole. But t- but so that- then I didn't I didn't make any money off of it. or anything. I wasn't even trying to make money. I just wanted to get it on DVD. And then uh, they they were so mean about it. not. Tom Snyder or any, I mean, I'm still friends with him, and, and I love Jonathan Katz, but he's a moron, and, and in the sense <laughs> that he didn't tell me he had an agent or whatever, because that's the thing with law. If you don't tell your lawyer or your doctor, like, there's certain people, if you don't tell them everything and you leave stuff out, right. you're going to get screwed. Right. And they, didn't, they left out pieces to, you know, like that kind of stuff, like, well, I have an agent, and, you know, or something like, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's... Uh... And they said when they had, remember they had the thing at Gotham for the DVD release party because I went to it and I got really drunk that night. And they're like, they they knew they you know Tom Snyder. He goes, I know this is all because of you, so thank you. I'm sorry. I don't remember that party. Now I'm just thinking about why didn't I get invited to that party? <laughs> I thought you were. Um, you would get invited to everything, cats, because um, you were one of the main characters. I mean, you you know you had a little besides, regular part. Yeah, you had a regular part. Yeah, I did. And you know where you were also good, by the way, if I can just... Yeah. The Larry Sanders show. Oh, wow. There's another example of you being yourself, but clearly you can see you're a really good actor. You know? Maybe I'm not explaining it correctly, but there's something about it when you're acting. I'm hearing it loud and clear. (laughs) Well, good, because... No, there's something interesting about you that... In general, but... Yeah, it's fascinating. That you can tell you... You're a good actor. Why don't I get more acting work? I think that's on you because I can't it is figure probably, it out. I think it is on me because a bit. it seems to me that Darren Aronofsky obviously knew you were excellent, yeah. and why he doesn't use you multiple times. I well, he doesn't. Know. It's you know that I don't mind because it's not like yeah, I got to put this guy a, in every movie. I mean, but he he gave me a nice. Is, really uh, nice he part. loves comics. Yeah. So I, that's the only reason. He also I doesn't make a ton example. of movies. I, you know, I was in that movie too, The Wrestler. But I just oh, you were the voice. voice. Yeah. How did you get that? Did he know? You? Oh no, but <laughs> um, well, he knew me from you were the ring Nadia's announcer, party. Right? You know, from Nadia's yeah. parties. Um, so I went in on my birthday because they didn't like the guy they had, and I went in to do it. And then I think I, I think I messed it up because I was kind of mean to him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Again, I was doing a character. Right. <laughs> I guess people that don't appreciate the characters. Don't like, right. He's like, can you do it this time? Can you do it? But I'm like, hey, this is the first time I've done a voiceover before. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. We got the first take. And I, was, <laughs> I thought that would be funny, but it, it wasn't. I, then I said I was kidding. Yeah. I was doing Ray Liotta in yeah. uh, the Rat Pack movie. <laughs> but of course, Was Darren directing you? Yeah. I would think he would know you were kidding. He didn't know. No. No. And I was upset about that, and I think uh, but he didn't even put me in the credits. I think he was really, really angry, yeah. But they used your, your voice. Yeah, no, I hear it all the time. And I, your name's not in the credits. No, it makes me angry. I'm not on the IMDb. Wow. You know, what's the point? You got a little money for that? No. Really? Well, maybe I could. You no, I think I just did it as a favor. Damn. I did it on my birthday. Damn. Yeah, so it was perfect, because I was off that day. I always take my birthday off in case there's trouble at work. I don't want to be involved. Damn. Let's get back to your movie. Now, what have you have you entered it in festivals? Have yeah, you- we entered it in like three or four festivals back in the day, and we got accepted in the Los Angeles Film Festival, and they played it at a movie theater, but none really? of us could go. It was like at eleven o'clock in the morning. So wow! I don't know. Otherwise, and the classic story: <laughs> uh, Jimmy Kimmel wanted to see it really badly. Uh huh. So I set up a screening in Hollywood at um god what was the name of that place it was really cool a screening where everybody Arclight? which was it called Arclight? i don't know that's the no no that's too about. fancy something that was like a bar but also a nice screening room oh. in the back I, it might be closed now but I it don't was know. it was kick ass so i set it up late like at 9:30 because he had to get off work i scheduled it just for jimmy you know cuz Sarah was like he really wants to see it and you know in california on a weeknight, setting something up past nine o'clock is a disaster. Right. So it was upsetting, but because he was going to like, I fly there, you know, on my own dime, and you know, I'm staying on my own dime. And as soon as the plane lands, Sarah texts me that they broke up. Oh, <laughs> that's like really upset. 
And you were like, uh, that's just perfect. I'm sorry, and ooh, how does this affect my screening? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So you, that, why didn't you just send them a DVD or something? Uh, I, I wanted to do a screening in L.A. You know, I wanted to have my friends. You know, I got a, I had a lot of friends in L.A. You do too. Um, yeah, I do. I thought what it would be you, fun. What are you gonna do? Why don't you? Is the movie up online at all? No, because I, I went that, to your website and it said. Oh, that's right. We have the turbocharged the movie. It said you have to oh, like I had for the first time in twenty years. I had to reinstall Flash or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't got one of I mean, those I messages. I had that done 10 years ago, the website. So, yeah, I don't know what to do with Why it. Why don't you, you know what you should do? Here's what you should do. Make it, sell it for like $2 as a download. Yeah. I have no problem selling it for 99 cents. Or even 99 yeah. cents. <laughs> and then just have. What do you do? Just put it on Amazon? I don't know how you do that, but that's sure. I had this guy like you that can was... figure that out easy. I know, right? That's the thing. It's like whatever Louis does. I feel like I can figure out. Comics that do downloads could tell you how to do it. Yeah. Well, Louis's the king. Yeah, but why don't you do that? Like a like a dollar download. Maybe I could just put it on Louis's site. <laughs> I doubt that's going to happen. It uh, could. He likes that kind of stuff. He would. But remember, he, if it wasn't for me, he'd be nowhere. I know that. He directed the uh, Clarence Bird's Eye thing years ago. Remember? What was that? Do you remember that? He came up to me and he goes, "Hey, I know you do the." Clarence Birdseye and the Invention of Frozen Foods. Would you mind if I direct that for Caroline's A&E? Because it'll help me show them that I know how to direct and it'll be helpful. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it'll be all right. <laughs> That's funny. I know. What um, what was I going to ask you about? Oh. But he's always been nice. So did you ever... And want- the way he loves you is awesome. Like when you see it, how much he oh, loves really? you is really kind of great oh. too. Like I like when he like I was in L.A. a couple of years ago, and he went on at the uh, stupid UCB place, and then you went on and tore him a new oh, asshole yeah, that. for ten minutes, <laughs> and he loved every minute oh, of he? it, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, because you know especially now I mean people would be terrified to do that, but he thought that was the greatest thing. I mean, you guys, we've all been friends for yeah, years, yeah. so it was great. But you, it was amazing. I, I just thinking about it now, <laughs> it was so funny. You're I like, do remember that. Oh, that was... look at me! Look at me! I'm Louis C.K. I'm talking about my kids. I love kids. You know? <laughs> I do it remember that because amazing. we both. I guess I think we were sort of openly shitting on each other on, yeah. on like a special thing message board. So yes. it was like this <laughs> faux rivalry. And then he walked out and did it at UCB, and then I went out after him. Like it neither was of us were, were advertised, and it was like, oh yeah. That well, was really I fun. believe that was the 420 show because I, I think I was there all day that day. Oh really? That was the super high show. So I was there for you guys. Then I left for a while, and then I came back later in the day with Harris Whittles was there the whole yeah. time, and then you know, he's dead. Yes, major bummer. He was a yeah, major he was, talent. He was, and he was he was a nice guy too. Nice guy. Um, but you were hilarious. That I mean, you're I always do, funny. But this I was, do remember that. Yeah, I mean, that was doing it fun. while Louis sitting there laughing off stage, just right there, is great. Yeah. It was really yeah. great, and just really seeing the joy in his true laughing. See, I didn't even realize. I don't remember. I guess I didn't see it, but I don't no. remember him loving it. Or, Why would or you? hating it? But. No, I, I reported back to you. But you probably didn't even believe me afterwards because um. because it really was great watching him truly enjoy everything you said and you were ripping him a new ass and it was amazing <laughs> it was great i wish uh, that was on tape i wish that of course was... it still won't be good enough because you'll never be able to see him in the wings you know right. so in my mind it's like a little movie um let's talk about now have you ever considered like you've kind of always been in the scene but you've never been like Dave Jeskow's going on tour. Dave Jeskow's headline in this club. Yeah, I'm not a good comic. That's no, you're you're funny, unique talent though. Or you just you like the way it is. No, I don't like the way it is. I'm, it's devastating. It's uh, very sad. All my friends have gone on to amazing things. The problem is for me is that I don't think I ever wanted to be a stand-up comic. I just like doing comedy. Right. I think I always wanted to be a comic actor. I wanted to be a theater person. I wanted to be an actor, but uh-huh. theater people are crazy. So <laughs> stand-up was a perfect way to get to what you wanted to do, clearly, you know, because everybody we know has done other, lots of other great stuff besides just comedy. Uh, but I just, I just, 
I didn't I didn't love stand up comedy and you have to commit to it. I know, it's a lot and of work. I talk about it all the time. I mean, you Sarah, Attell, I mean, you guys committed to it. You were out there every night, every single night. There was never a time when you would go to a, a ball game or anything. You committed to doing it, and it paid off. So, And that was the key, and I didn't, I didn't have the commitment to that. If it was something else, maybe I would have committed. But, you know, when I – like the, the narrator we had at The Godfather, uh-huh. he was – he's from college. I hadn't seen him in 30 years. What were we going to say? No, his voice sounded familiar to me. I think he does voiceover okay. work, but he doesn't do a lot of work. You know, he was an actor. We were in plays together in college, uh-huh. and all those actors who were majored in theater, they didn't end up very well. You know, they ended up more like me, where they have to do other things. He's like a real estate person. Um, the stand-up comedy was the key to everything, and that's why I was still in it, let alone it's so much fun hanging out sometimes. Right. But- that was the key. That's the springboard to everything you ever want. I used to tell people in the nineties when remember when people were getting managers and agents all the time at just yeah. you know, going to deals right down the street here. Right. Deals all the time. I said to all my acting friends, I'm like, if you just come up with six minutes of stand up See, I always resented those people. I don't I resent too. you because you're an actual funny person, but I resent the people who are like Hey, this is my ticket to acting work. So I'm gonna pretend that I want to be a comic. Yeah. I know, but it the funny thing is it would have been working for them right. where they could have I always just... felt like you could really spot those guys. Oh, you absolutely like, could. Yeah, yeah. Like you just see them and go, you, you know, your heart's not into this. Yeah. You don't have the pain that I've suffered. <laughs> well, it's true. Now, how did you end up, because this was great, you, I saw you on the, John McEnroe had a TV show for a while, <laughs> yeah. a talk show, which I think at some point got a zero rating. Like, <laughs> it, like was nothing up. was even <laughs> registered on the Nielsen's. That was the night I was plugging a turbo chart. But... <laughs> Because you, like, uh, you know, if you get Letterman or Conan or whatever, it's like, maybe you do the set, maybe you do panel, maybe you can show something. You fucking did everything. I even did the warm-up before the cameras went on. Did you really? He gave you, like, a 15-minute segment. (laughs) I know. My friend produced the show. Oh. Yeah, my friend from college. Oh. That's how that happened. But that's how it always happens. That's how I get anything. It's like I have a friend that... You know, from years ago that seemed to work it out. <laughs> like, you know, that's why I always reappear. Yeah. It's somebody who, you know, is actually kind. A lot of people don't like me, too. Yeah, I know that. And have you, <laughs> <laughs> have you thought of doing something with this Godfather thing? Like putting, put, filming it or, or. Well, you, you know, I don't know how you'd, I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I, I, there's no reason we couldn't take it on a little tour, certainly of a, you know, Staten Island <laughs> right. somewhere. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how many people do you bring? What do you, you know, people are reading from scripts. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't know. I'm not sure what to do with it. Yeah, you're right. That was a bad idea. Well, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I like to, if we weren't, it's, it's weird. It's awkward. I don't know how you, uh, I suppose if I somehow could make it like a sitcom, make, put it on Netflix and make it like a six episode sitcom. That could be, that could work. But they, would they have to... Um, Get the rights and stuff? Yeah. Probably. But maybe maybe they could. You know I mean, if you don't ask. I once saw Francis Ford Coppola at the Strand. I mean, that, where's book that guy shopping. going? What's he doing? <laughs> it was book shopping. We'll give him time. a meal. Tell him to uh, pay for his next five meals. <laughs> Buy some of his wine. What well, are you, yeah. What are you working on now? Uh, or what's your next project? Well... I have another episode of The Godfather coming, the final one. Then we're thinking, about, then yeah, we're thinking is, about doing Grease. <laughs> you're going to do Grease? Well, Noam, the owner of the cellar, yeah. wants to do more musical stuff because we like singing. and Yeah, and they got all those music. musicians roaming around there. So yeah, that's why we did Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol in December because it's a musical. Wow. So we had such a good time. He wants to do something musical. Adam is supposed to be able to sing, but he just won't do it. Natterman likes to sing like when you don't want him to sing. He's kind of just, <laughs> exactly. you're sitting next to him at the comedy cellar. He starts singing. You're like, why are you singing all I know, of a sudden? but he won't sing on, on cue. Really? He won't sing on, no, in front really of people? No, it's really annoying. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, we just needed him to sing one song really, like Mr. Magoo, and he couldn't do that. Oh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe. Well, no, we didn't say sing it like Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo doesn't really sing. Jingle, jingle, coin cycle, ringle. That's just something. I mean, he doesn't really sing. It's a talking. It's like a Rex Harrison. Who remembers? Like, I barely remember Mr. Magoo. I, yeah, I'm the only person that remembers that. But I remember the the 
the Christmas Carol, the animated, it's the first animated Christmas special ever. And I remember it as a kid, but it, it was lesser known, but it had such good songs and stuff. I don't know why it's not more popular. Do you, um, it's very true to the book as well. What is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, ironically. <laughs> oh, there was an actual Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. No, there's an actual Christmas Carol. <laughs> right. You know, by Charles Dickens. And it's actually very, it's the most truthful to the book out of all the other Christmas Carols. But there is a Mr. There's a book called Mr. Magoo's. No, Christmas. no, no. I'm talking about the actual Charles Dickens one. Right. It's truthful to what? Now I'm just to Mr. Magoo's version. Oh, I know it's okay. silly. All right, I'm still confused. Maybe you can edit this. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of edits. I'm gonna have to do this one. The uh, what are the current shows that you watch on TV? Oh, well, I'm gonna or be on that crashing TV? show. Oh, you are. I think on your birthday. Is it March 26th? Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's the day. Um, that's the episode I'm on, which is weird. Have you seen the po the they have huge posters of me, like in the in the screening? Judd Apatow tweeted. There's a huge poster of me at the screening, but I wasn't invited to the screening. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't invited to the screening either. I, nobody was. Was it in New York? It was in L.A. Oh, okay. Maybe I was odd. invited, but... But why would they have it in L.A. if it all of it's filmed in New York? That's a good point. Yeah. Because uh, both those guys, well... Well, Beth Stelling told me it wasn't very well organized. Maybe that just was kind of put together very quickly. They, um, yeah, I'm going to be on Crashing also, but they're using as a, cl a clip from me on TV, Canadian television. Oh, really? They're just like, hey, we want to use a clip of... Pete Holmes watching it on TV. Okay. Oh, that's awesome, though. That's if that's. It's always good. It's good just to be on because then we're all on. I mean, it's exciting. So, what part did you play? We know. Or are you not allowed to talk about it? <laughs> no, I can talk about it. <laughs> um, I play Dave Juskow. I was supposed to play the character of Murphy, which Kevin Brennan thinks was supposed to be him. I didn't. So he's angry at me already, you know. But um, then they changed it to Dave Juskow. That's hard to get Kevin Brennan angry. At you. I know it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's very inside. But yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's a it's a it's a nice part, and they they expanded it because Pete and I kind of hit it off, which was nice. And uh, I'm very excited. Beth Beth Stelling wrote it, uh, and she's really nice to me, which makes me happy. Yeah, I like Beth. Yeah, I don't know her very likes well. Her. But um, she's good. She's a good comic. She's yeah. a good writer. Do you? Um, did they let you go off script? Yes, but that is what makes me nervous. I'm not good at that. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I I think I. Yeah, you know, you'd be good at that. This I is, I just get so me. much more relaxed when I can do that. Not me. I I was I was nervous that I couldn't memorize the lines they gave me, and then I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to say anything off the script. So. So did you memorize them word for word and do it that way? I tried. I'm really bad at memorizing. That's why I like holding the script in The Godfather. Yeah. I I, I get very uptight about memorizing. Or maybe I'm just getting worse as, as I get older. I don't know. The, um, it used to be easy in high school, like for plays and stuff, you know? You were in plays? Yeah. I love doing plays. I love doing theater. Do you go oh, You go to theater also? I go all the time. Do you go to just musicals or do you go to... I go to everything. Anything I can go to, I go to. I love the theater. Did you see The Humans? No. That was good. Was it good? Yeah. No, I wasn't I was trying sure to think the last was... few things I saw. Fun Home. Oh, that was great. That was really good. Yeah, that was fantastic, actually. That... You know what those two plays have in common, which is my favorite theater thing, device, if they do it? No intermission. I love that. You're so right. Yes, oh my that God. was great. Intermissions always bum me that out. That was fantastic. No intermission, You just absolutely. sit there, you're waiting for the intermission, like, I'm going to have to run to the bathroom to beat all these people. Then I'm yeah. going to have to worry about getting back in time. That's right. And then... I agree. I mean, I can get back into the show once, but I just like, get it. In and like a movie, man. No, Ninety minutes. Right. Send me home. It was terrific. No intermission. Fun oh, home. You're absolutely fuck. right. Um, I'm supposed to go see. I got tickets. I haven't even. I mean, I've just heard about Dear Evan Hansen. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I have heard. It's great. Yeah, I know. It was hard to get tickets. I bought them two months ago. I couldn't get until May, and nobody knows what it is. You know, like people that might listen to this podcast. That's probably true. Don't know. I don't know what that is. It's not like Hamilton. I haven't heard about it. And it's like one of those word of mouth things that. Yeah, that's it's supposed to be great. Yeah, I was thinking of tweeting at whoever's the star of that. It's uh, on the ben off Platt. chance he knows who I am. <laughs> just... Oh uh, well, you should. Um, because he apparently he's cool. He's uh, goes to the same soul cycle I go to. Oh really? Yeah. And two straight guys that I know, Vincent and um, do you, you know, remember Laurie Sanchez from Catch a Rising Star? Yeah, I do. Her boyfriend, who's very manly but likes theater, also. They both told me you got to see this place. Unbelievable. And then he's pointing out the kid who was in the soul cycle class. Uh, he's like, that kid's amazing. 
And these are two straight guys, you know. Yeah, he's the star. So you go to Soul Cycle? Is that where you? Yeah, I just went today, because Lori is the instructor there. Where is it at? Uh, Doug Abel's old wife. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all the way on the Upper West Side, but she lets me have her furries. So. What happens in a, a spin class? Like I sort of know. Like, am I too old to do that? No, I do it. We're the same age. I mean, um, has it made you like lose weight or anything? Or no, because you know I think you have to do it more. But I try at least do it the, every Saturday. Um, it's it's an it's an intense workout, but it's it works for me. I don't know. I guess other people wouldn't like Does it. Does it work you're, your your upper body? It works everything because you're doing actually push ups while you're riding the bike. How do you and then do that? You work it with weights. It's just you go up and down, like with your hands and your elbows, and you know she makes you do these exercises while you're you know pedaling, and then you work with weights a little bit all while you're pedaling. It's only forty five minutes. Really, it's pretty good. Like the first time I went, I was terrified that I was going to have a heart attack. But you go for free? Uh, sometimes, if she has space for me, what she always that? gets one. What does it cost to join Soul Cycle? Forty bucks per session. class. Yeah, it's very expensive. So that's why sometimes I can't go if she doesn't have a. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you think I, you could spend forty bucks on lunch and have well, fries and shit. Lunch, lunch should only be twenty bucks. Oh yeah, I was meant for two. But, uh, <laughs> I'm always by myself. You eat alone a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, see, I can't tell if you're a loner or not. Um, I know people always, uh, think I have this other lifestyle, but I am mostly alone really? all the time in my apartment. I usually on the weekends, I don't, that's why I was glad you wanted to do this on a Saturday. Cause I don't usually leave the house. Really? Yeah. I mean, Tuesday night, I went out till five in the morning, you know, and then I went to work. I go out on the weeknights. Some, I mean, after the show, what would you have done all day today? Well, fortunately, I would have gone to Soul Cycle, which would good. I would have walked home, and then I just would have watched TV the entire day. Really? I would have watched. Uh, sometimes I gamble, you know, in sports, so I, I bet college basketball. So you illegally gambled? Yes. Okay. Was yeah. Over the phone? No, not anymore. Now I can do it on the site, but it's still those guys. That's why the street you live on still makes me nervous because Don't I tell used me to. No, I'm not telling the street, yeah. but I used to work on this block for the bookies. Oh, really? Um, years ago in the '90s when I owed them money, and it still makes it still creeps me out. <laughs> so you you still have an on. Didn't you have an online bookie? No, it's, it, they're not online. They're actually real, but they have an online service that you can use. So that's not illegal then, is it? No, it's totally illegal. Oh, it is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, this is a dumb question, but do you lose more than you win? You not anymore. Everything's turned around. It's like, um, apparently I go with the flow of what's happening in the world and all the upsets that are happening, like Donald Trump and the Patriots winning. Did you vote? And uh, Moonlight, the picture and everything. It, it's all working. Now I'm winning. I'm like, oh, so you bet so on much. Moonlight? No, I bet others. I bet um, I won so much money on the Oscars. I won $800 on the Oscars. Did you? Yeah. I bet that the White Helmets would win Best Documentary Short. I think I, yeah. And it was plus $425. So I put $100 on it, I won $425. And then I bet that Fantastic Beasts would win Best Costume, and it was plus $2,500. Were these just wild guesses? I put $10 or? on it. No, the White Helmets I did research on the month before, and I got it. Did you do research just for the bet? Yeah, just for the bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, I'm god! I'm trying to win nowadays. You know, I used to lose a lot. So how so. do they pay you? They there's a guy that comes in cash. That's what I'm saying. It's not really online. It's a cash only. But you make the bet online, right? And then if you owe you them money, call too. If you owe the money, how do you pay them? The guy comes around, wow. and uh, you know you got to pay. Otherwise, there could be trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it's old school. Terrifying. It, it's a little terrifying, except like I said, these are the guys I used to work for, so they're really nice to me, and they always let me slide. Right, they're not like they never you. demand money. And this guy is terrifying. The guy in charge is is scary as hell. So um, you used to work for them? Yeah. You were used to work for a bookie? Yeah. Doing what? Because I owed a lot of money, and instead of beating me oh, up, you they said up? you can work it off. You was, were a bookie then? Yeah, I was a, a clerk. Clerk, gotcha. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> How, uh... Wow. See, I yeah, don't we know. used to hide the, uh, the before it was online. We used to just sit there and take calls. In fact, one of my favorite stories, Ooh, if you want to hear, story. is I love um, a good story. You know, there was a lot of scary people who worked there. So there was this one dude. We would just sit and wait for the phone to ring, especially during football season. Uh -huh. Once the games start, you're just sitting there waiting. And we'd go around the table and ask, you know, what'd you do over the weekend? Because <laughs> there was nothing to do. They didn't like us reading the paper or watching TV. They wanted us to concentrate. So we would do that, and this one guy told us this story how he 
raped this girl. <laughs> and um, but thank God the other guys were like, dude, dude, that's so wrong. And he's like, no, I, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely raped her. It was definitely rape. Like he was like trying to make it seem like it wasn't. Right. Once he heard the other guy's reactions, thank God. But oh. clearly he had raped some girl and said he had her head out the window and he. Whatever, whatever the story was, I tried to put it out of my head because yeah, it, it sounds was, horrifying. Um, horrifying. So, this must have been, I guess, in '94, and my sister and I went to go see that Richie Rich movie with Macaulay Culkin. Uh-huh. Uh, we were so excited because we had read the comics as kids, and so we came out of the movie and we're like, "Well, it's pretty true to the comic," so you could say that, you know. Like, so it wasn't a great movie, but it was true to the comic, so we were happy. So the next week we went to the bookie I was working the bookie again like what'd you do this weekend I'm like oh, I saw that Richie Rich movie <laughs> which is different than the other guy and the other guy who raped the girl goes that was pretty true to the comic though right don't oh you think like, oh we got something in common what do you mean oh this guy huh? <laughs> uh, it turned out that guy died of a VD I think of syphilis the guy who yeah who stole the so rape that's story a, that's a nice story then that is uh, who dies of syphilis that's true he's an idiot <laughs> anymore, wow I mean that him is- and Al Capone so at least it has a happy ending to somebody that raped somebody. Yeah, I guess a, that's a rough. That's a. But otherwise, they were, um, they were, you know, they like me there. Thank God. In fact, they, uh, they thought it was hilarious that I won on the Oscars because apparently I'm the only one who bets the Oscars. They put up the line for me. Uh-huh. And, hey, that fruit won the Oscars. I heard. Uh, you know. <laughs> did you? Because uh... yeah, no one, no man actually. Did you bet on bet on the election? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I should have. They had it up there. I should have bet the upset. So you always bet the upset. No, That's where the not, money is, not right? Not usually, but in this case, putting $10 on Fantastic Beasts won $250. So, so a guy comes around and he goes, here's, here, you go, here you go, Mr. Justice. Yeah, yeah. Then they give me, yeah, yeah. They gave me $1,000 a couple of weeks ago, wow. which was nice. And then you usually that always, on your taxes. Usually I have to ask a tell for money. Do you, um, <laughs> do you, uh, I've had to before. That was very honest, honorable of you to confess that. Do you have to... Uh... Well, I've borrowed from everybody. In the 90s, I was borrowing from everybody. I, I escaped that. That's good. Yes, you did. And uh, I borrowed from Sarah. I borrowed... And it ruined a lot of my relationships. Do you pay people back? Because I was so positive it was all going to work out for me that I was going to be where they were. So positive that I'm like, I don't mind borrowing this money. No, I have never paid them back. Why not, man? I never... I'm always by the skin of my teeth. I've never had enough money to pay people back. I have enough money now not to borrow. That's about it. Why don't it. you take your Oscar winnings? And- <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I have to make other bets with that. Like, you know, <laughs> I bet Super Bowl bets and stuff like those boxes. That funds your new I just bets. picked up money in Staten Island last week, too, because I had won the Super Bowl. I'm in a box pool there on Monday nights. I have a gambling issue. You know, I was going to ask you <laughs> outright if you have a gambling problem. Yeah, it's probably why I still work at that job, too. Well, Dave. But I love doing it. This was fun, right? It's over. Yeah, we done hours. We done like an hour. It's good. What do you uh, What do you want to plug before we? uh... Uh, Well, the next Godfather, May ninth. May ninth at the Village Underground. Village Underground, around the Um, corner from the Comedy Cellar. I will be on Crashing. On uh, I'm a little nervous about that one because I come out in a towel. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) It's comedy show. Um, you know, I have my own podcast. As you were in Vamps. Yeah. In that movie. Alicia Silverstone says, every boy has a podcast. Or something. She? she has that line. Yeah, she goes, every guy we know has a podcast. Or she says, every boy has a podcast. I don't remember that line. Yeah. You um, saw Vampsa. Yeah. I was in that. I know. You uh, worked with the great Amy Heckerling, who is so ridiculously underrated. Yeah. That's somebody you should get on the podcast. This woman, woman, made... One of the greatest comedies of all time. Clueless it, is really it, great. Not, besides Clueless, which is amazing. That's one uh-huh. of my favorite films. But in 1980, when women were not directing, she made Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, I forgot about she that. Dire- a woman director directed a classic comedy. That's true. Nobody ever talks about it, let alone Clueless being unbelievably great for so many reasons. A female director and writer. It's weird that she doesn't get accolades, because, but then she kind of ruined everything. Uh, Look Who's Talking, which made a lot of money. It's not very good, you know, technically. Well, everyone's not, got, you know. Well, she hasn't made anything good in a while. If she did, I think she'd be on top again. But, boy, she'd be a great interview. If I had her on. 79 or 80, can you imagine? A yeah. female director? I didn't even know. How did she get to do that? Yeah, and that was a really good movie, too. A great movie, yeah, classic, yeah. to this day. I read that book. Out. 
before it was oh, a movie. Oh, you did? Yeah, I have that somewhere. I'd like to read that. Is that it? Cameron Crowe, right? Yeah, yeah. He wrote the book? Yeah, I just heard about it. Uh, this guy went undercover as a high school student. and. Uh, oh. I'll give you a copy of my book on the way out. Oh, that's so interesting. Is it actually called Fast Times Original? Yeah, Line? yeah, yeah. Wow, how about that guy? Huh? He's an interesting dude. All right, Dave. Do you have a website or anything? You don't. Know, the no. turbocharged movie, but that doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> it's no, it doesn't. What's you your hear tw- the song? What's your Twitter? At Dave Juskow. At Dave Juskow. This was fun. Did you Thank enjoy? Thank you it? for asking me. Yeah, no, no, I had a great time. Thank yeah. you for asking me to do it. it. It truly is an honor. It's going to be a little challenge editing out all the horrible things you said, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll make it work. I don't mind. And for you people at home, thank you for uh, listening. We'll see you again. Bye. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.